we said. The Press Box. Mike Grace for my partners Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers saying welcome to another edition of the Press Box Podcast. Just a slice of our regular radio show you hear weekdays on great stations around the state of Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. Today, a very special guest is Ben Ingram of the Braves Sports Network. The Braves Radio Network joins us. And again, we just love our Atlanta Braves. I do anyways. And I was uh, thankfully a little bit happy when we talked to Ben. Thanks to Ronald Acuna Jr., who hit a walk-off home run last night, the first of his amazing career. And it helped everybody go home happy as we talked to Ben Ingram of the Braves Radio Network. Yeah, and you know what? That was the first time all year that the team has won a game and they've been tied after eight innings. Wow. I think they were 0-8 when tied after eight and and it, it's so easy to think when you're in that situation well here we go again and it's going to be a another loss here late that just really bothers you but good to see him come through last night man you just hope that's what gets him going for this upcoming series with pittsburgh you, you sure do i mean that at bat the, the finish was fantastic and i know we, we can talk about the troubles with the bullpen if we want to but let's not forget charlie morton what he did last night was so needed by this brave starting staff yeah, it was. And the, the staff has, has been pretty good of late. I think over the last couple of weeks, they've turned a corner. It's just been, if you get them a lead, it's, it's not stood. And I think what happened last night, really tough decision for a manager to make. I think you, you go to the bottom of the sixth inning and you got them loaded up and you go for Pablo Sandoval. You take your shot. Charlie was at 78 pitches. I mean, he'd given up just one run in, in six innings. And it would have been very easy to send him back out there for the seventh. And I think if you got a bullpen that had been locked down, that decision so much easier to make. But that bullpen had been anything but that. And, and that's kind of a roll of the dice right there. You take your shot with Pablo, and he lined out. And you, only, uh, you only have that two-run lead going to the seventh. And then, of course, it, it goes away. But uh, until Acuna hits that home run, I think that changed everything. Because if you lose that ball game, we're talking about that decision by Snit to pull Charlie because that's how good he was. That's the best we've seen out of him. So that's a really good outing out of him and hopefully more of that for the future with Charlie Morton. Ben, it's, it's Chris Stewart. And it, it talk to me about the seat, a season that is as long as the major league season can be with so many very young, incredibly talented, but very young players is one of the challenges for Snit and for even the veterans to make the younger guys fully understand how this time of year really does matter in grinding out a win like you got last night. Not that winning doesn't mean something to them. I don't mean that. But these may not matter as much now. They will later. But if you don't take care of it now, you don't get the chance later on in the year. Yeah, you're right. I mean, a win in April counts just as much as a win in September. And and this team should know that. But I think it's a good point that you bring up because I think in your mind, if you don't get out to a good start, you keep telling yourself, well, we got time. We have time. It's a long season. Eventually, you start looking up at the standings and you're 40, 50, 60 games into the year. And it, that might seem like, okay, you still have over 100 games left. But there's really, to me, there there are two two deadlines in my mind that come up across the season where you really start to kick it into gear. I think one of those is June 1. Once you get past Memorial Day, you know that you're a good 50 games into the season, and that's a pretty good chunk of the season. And you're, you're, You really better know who you are. And I think we start to know who the contenders are at that point. The other is going into the All-Star break. And not to say that you can't kick it in gear uh, after the All-Star break in the next 10 weeks of the season, 
But I really think you need to be hitting your stride by then. I really think you need to know what your team identity is and really have a good, firm foundation for what you are as a ball club. And while it is a long season, it's funny how it can sneak up on you. And, and to me, those are those are the two kind of alarm clocks, if you will, uh, across the season where you need to know exactly who you are and, and have everything figured out. And for this ball club in 2021, there's still some things to figure out. I mean, offensively, it was good to see them manufacture some runs last night. It's been a team that's been relying on the home run ball, and so many times that home run ball has been a solo shot. This team leads the league in home runs, and they lead the league in solo home runs. There's not been there's not been a whole lot of manufactured runs, and I think you need all those things, and that's what this team did the last two years. They hit their homers, but they still had big innings, and we haven't seen that a ton out of this lineup. So they're looking for more consistency there and definitely looking for the bullpen to, to be handed a lead, one two-run lead, seven innings or uh, seven outs to go, eight outs to go, nine outs to go. They've got to be able to cover that. Uh, and, and that has been very inconsistent. So you still have time to figure it out. And the best example of that is the Nationals from two years ago when they were 19 and 41 or whatever it was. They were just dreadful in their first 60 games of the season. And they end up winning the World Series. So there's time to figure it out. But I think you get to a point here in late May where you know that here in the next two, three weeks, you, you really need to start figuring that thing out because all of a sudden those games are going to start flying off the calendar. You don't want it to be too late to come back. Our, our guest here is Ben Ingram with the uh, Braves Radio Network, largest radio network of Major League Baseball, by the way. We appreciate you being in the press box with us today. I, I don't want to get uh, too graphic, but you've seen so much baseball. You will see so much baseball, plus the season's so long anyway. You forget a lot. Will you ever forget, though, Kevin Pillar uh, that night? Gosh, that, that's got to stick out in a broadcaster's mind when you get an at-bat like that. Yeah, it does. And I've seen two or three of those in games that, that we've been a part of as Jason Hayward several years ago and, and uh, Charlie Culberson a few years ago. What we saw the other night was about as bad as I've ever seen. I can tell you this much. That guy is tough, 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 man. I mean, to see him come out and bring the lineup card out the next night, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that blew my mind that he was even at the ballpark. And then he had a press conference the very next night, and he said his biggest concern was Jacob Webb. And how he was handling this. I mean, he, he looked like a, it looked like a scene in Rocky uh, where he got beat up so bad. But um, he goes down, and we knew that it was bad. But there's that split second where he's on his knees, and we can see on our monitors in front of us, and much better than we can you know, with a naked eye when he's all the way down there on the field. Head pops up, and you've got blood just gushing out. And at that point, everything changes. Everything becomes, okay, the safety of the player. No more. I mean, it was, a, it was an intense moment of the ball game. It was a tie game. He gets hit, and that brought the winning or the uh, go-ahead run across the plate for the Mets. But all of that, in my mind, just kind of disappears for a while. And it, I think it's hard in, in the business that we do. I think it's hard to really lock back into the game after seeing that. Um, yeah. I think about a spring training game 10 years ago that I was calling where there was a foul ball that hit Luis Salazar. He was one of our coaches in the Braves dugout and Luis had to be airlifted from the field. We had about a 30, 40 minute delay. I can't even, I can't even believe we continued to play the game after that, especially a spring training game. He ended up losing the eye. Um, it was a horrible, horrible scene. And in, in the business of, of what we do and, and specific, specifically for the players, I don't know how you lock back in and get back going again. Uh, and, and get that same intensity of being focused on the actual game. And uh, I had a really hard time thinking about anything other than Kevin Pillar for the next 30 minutes because you don't know what the outcome is. You don't know what his health is and, 
You know, did I just see something absolutely horrific on the field? Is it, is it just going to be uh, a, a situation where he can come back in a week or so, or could this be life-altering? I don't know. And uh, yeah. you have that in this game. You have that in professional sports. There is that element of danger. You just hope you never see it. But unfortunately, you do here and there. And just an awful situation the other night. And to your point, Ben, it, it takes us from our role as play-by-play announcer to reporter because we've got an obligation to call the game that's taking place as it does. But knowing full well, there's a large percentage of our audience that is listening, waiting for the next update that can be given about that player's condition. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it is a, it is a major shift in the dynamic of what we do. And it, 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 it comes in the form of a, a major shift from the standpoint of just everything changes. I think the, the, the air in the ballpark changes. Everything completely changes. Um, you, you go from the, the height of competition to the well-being of a human being. And that, that, that's a major, major change. And you're right. you got people who are listening who they need to know everything that's going on because they're just as worried as, as the rest of us are. So I'm so glad that he was okay. Uh, it, it, it's tough to paint that picture, especially for radio, when you you got a player who's down, he's kicking his, his feet in pain, and he's got blood gushing out of his face. Um, you have to paint that picture. People need to know what's going on. That doesn't mean that it's easy uh, because you've right. got uh, an individual down there who's in major pain, and you just hope that his life is not in danger. And at the same time, when it's so bad, television won't show it anymore, and yet we've still got to describe to a degree what we're seeing on the radio side. That's I, I don't envy you. That's a That was a tough, tough spot. We've all had them in, to varying degrees, but dealing with – Obviously not injuries like that, but dealing with injuries from the Braves' perspective, is it's been a challenge all year long. Walk us through how they're kind of managing, not just trying to get better, but trying to get better with pieces that are new to the puzzle. I, I say this every year in spring training. I'll, I'll size up a team, and if a team is, is a team that I think can be really good, and I thought going into spring training this could be a really good ball club, I always throw in the disclaimer of if they're healthy because you can yeah. never predict health and, and nobody's guaranteed health. And for this ball club, I mean, you hardly had to worry about health last year. I mean, Freddie Freeman had the COVID issue right before the season started, but he was good and played the rest of the way. Uh, Cole Hamels hardly played last year, but for the most part, it was a healthy team. And when you are healthy, it, it's easy to take that for granted. It's easy to forget about how it can be uh, such a, a nagging situation to have recurring injuries with multiple players and all of a sudden that's bitten the Braves this year it has been so hard for them to keep outfielders I mean whether it be uh, Acuna going across the bag awkwardly the way that he did or when he was hit in the hand by a pitch and we thought he might miss some time uh, Inciarte has missed time and Heredia has missed time uh, Christian Pache has been out it, it continues to come up, and you'd say the same thing about the starting pitchers. Drew Smiley will need extra rest, and um, Mike Soroka has had multiple setbacks. You lose your catcher, Travis Darno, and all these things just continue to happen. And um, the good news is, when it comes to baseball, it is early, and you still have plenty of time. But if you if this is something that continues through the season, no team, I don't care how good you are on paper, you, you, there's no way you can just get on track. 
when you have these injuries like that. And for some teams, that's the theme of their season. I've seen teams that have been really, really good with really high expectations, and they just can never shake that throughout the season. The second you think you're getting back to 100%, somebody else gets injured. Uh, and, and it's just a really horrible thing for a team to go through through the course of a season. You hope that that's not the case for the Braves. The good news is they've had guys who have stepped up, but I think all things considered, uh, the fact that they have had so many injuries, the fact that they are – three games under 500 and just a few games back in the standings, just three games out of first place. That's crazy to me. Uh, and, and it's fortunate that they're not in the West or, or the central where you've got teams that are starting to take off. The giants have 27 wins. The Cardinals have 25 wins. The Mets lead this division. They just have 20 wins. So it could be significantly worse. I think if you look at where the Braves would be, if they were in the uh, National League West, they'd be about seven games out of first place. So that's the fortunate thing. You catch a little bit of a break there, but you can't rely on that all year. Uh, and I know for Snit and those guys, it's been extremely frustrating to get a guy back and then lose two more. Uh, it seems like that's been what's been taking place in the first 43 games of the season. But uh, all you can do is hope that at some point that starts to tilt in your favor. You can get healthy and then go on a run and then see where you are. Our final couple of minutes with uh, Ben Ingram of the Braves Radio Network in the press box with Mike, Chris, and J.D. Ben, what's up with the hitter, no hitters? <laughs> what's happening in baseball? Six no hitters in two months. And and you get back-to-back no hitters the last two nights. It's the strangest thing. I mean, it's being passed around like Halloween candy. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it, it, I, 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 I want to say that it doesn't take anything away from the accomplishment because it's still a tremendous accomplishment. But you mentioned the number. It's six. The record is seven, and that's happened four times. We're currently on pace. You ready for this? We're on pace for 23 no-hitters in Major League Baseball this year. That's over tripling what the current record is for no-hitters in a year. I've been fortunate enough to see a Major League no-hitter in person, and it is such a magical thing. You feel like you've seen something that hardly anyone has ever seen, and, and it is such a special thing. Uh, but what we're seeing is is offense down and, and, and numbers down like we've never seen before. Uh, the total combined number of hits between teams in Major League Baseball this year, the average, is 15 combined hits. That's the lowest it's been since 1908. That's dead ball era baseball. Um, so we're seeing uh, tons of home runs, tons of strikeouts, tons of walks. And, and I don't think anybody really – likes the trajectory of what that looks like because you're going to see more no-hitters. And so long as that's the case, I'm, I'm thinking we'll, we'll see between 15 and 20 no-hitters. Um, so in, in this day and age, that's really weird because we're not used to seeing pitchers go the distance like that. Uh, it, it's such a bullpen-oriented game now. But now that we're seeing so few, so few hits and, and just offensive numbers plummeting like that, it's hard for me to imagine anything's going to change with these no-hitters. Uh, is it one of the minor leagues uh, experimenting with moving the mound back? Yeah, there was, um, I think, one of, one of the independent leagues that works in conjunction with Major League Baseball is pushing it back to 63 feet. Um, I mean, that's not going to help. I mean, it's going to drive, <laughs> drive no-hitters up even further. So I, I'm, I, and, and that's another soapbox topic for me. To me, the game is the game. And, yeah, you can make some changes along the way, but when you're talking about radical changes like that, I don't understand that part, but. Uh, that's something that they're experimenting with. And I think if you're talking about moving the mound back, you're, you're going to see, you might see 30 no hitters a season. I don't know. I know you're not going to see fewer no hitters. Pittsburgh Pirates in town to start the weekend uh, set at Truist Park. Been great to see uh, full houses at Truist Park uh, the last couple of weeks or so. 
it, it has been and, and going to 100 percent capacity has been really good and um you know, I, I just hope that in the future that means that we can start traveling to other stadiums and uh, and calling games live like we like we used to. Yeah. Um, so I, I just um, you know we're, we're we're getting there. I like the pace that we're on. I like the fact that we're moving in the right direction, and uh, it's been a, a big dose of normalcy here. It's been great to see the good crowds, and I know we'll see more good crowds this weekend. And being back at 100 percent has been great. Uh, I think folks are getting vaccinated and things like that, and it, it, the numbers are down. So I think that the Braves done a really nice job in, um, in, in monitoring those numbers and adjusting accordingly, and I think that's been a tremendous help. And I know the people here in the area are, are fired up about it. And the, the Braves being such a regional team, you see people from all over the southeast coming to Atlanta, and I think they've been given something that they've been looking forward to for a really long time. That's having the ability to go to live sporting events, and I'm glad the Braves have been able to provide that. Have not yet been to my first Atlanta Braves game of 2021, but count on it. I will be at Truist Park before too long, that's for sure. Our thanks again to Ben Ingram of the Braves Radio Network for joining us for today's Press Box Podcast. Asking you, if you would, tell a friend about it. They can find us on Apple, Google Podcasts, plus iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you find your favorite podcast. Simply search for Press Box Radio 1. That's Pressbox Radio and the number one. If you'd share that with a friend, like us, subscribe us, we would certainly appreciate it. That'll do it for today's edition. For Chris Stewart, for J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Gray saying thanks for joining us inside the Pressbox Podcast.